Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Welcome to Kiss My Zeitgeist. That's right, it's Longcat Media's new culture program that might never happen again. I'm Lindsay Sharman, and today I'm interviewing composer Lawrence Owen because he was available and unavoidable because we live together. Hello, Lawrence. Hello, Lindsay. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Well, my pleasure. And thank you for having me in your studio and for editing this program. It's a pleasure. Mm. So we thought we'd do this little question and answer session because people might have questions about the new album that's come out, which is The Music of Mockery Manor 2. Yes, The Music of Mockery Manor Season 2 album is out now on our Bandcamp and you can buy it. Yes, so how would... They buy it. Yes, that's right. This is a giant advert. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's an infomercial, essentially, what we're doing here. Yeah. Uh, so that you can look, at, you can click the link that will be in the description, the show notes of this episode. But you can also go to longcatmedia.bandcamp.com, uh, and that will take you straight to it. And if you if you pay a little bit more, you can also get with the album some postcards from Dunkelschloss. So, uh, what do strangers ask you when they find out you're a composer or a musician? Because well, musician's quite sexy and composer's quite uh, highfalutin. Well, I think composer immediately conjures up sort of Beethoven-like images. <laughs> I think they think of me almost by candlelight. It sounds like a job from the past. You could it? have the, you do have the hair for it, or the potential hair. For if it. I really grew my hair out, it would go very much into the sort of classical mop of hair yeah, that composers yeah. have. It looks like a powdered wig. Older Lawrence will have the the Salieri white ponytail, I think. If... Oh God, really? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Jeez, what about what? So, do you ever say you're a musician to people? Yeah, I think mu- musician sounds like a job that people understand. People mm. go, I know what that is, mm. uh, and it's a job that happens now. Whereas if you say composer, I think they imagine you at a piano scribbling things frantically on pieces of paper while you have a sort of laudanum-induced <laughs> visions. And it's it, poets, it, isn't it? Laudanum? Yeah, no, it's actually more just drink, isn't it, composers? Mm, red wine. I think they're imagining sort of Mozart on his deathbed writing writing uh, the Mozart Requiem. It just sounds, composer just sounds, it sounds fancy, doesn't it? Have you ever drank and composed? I don't know. Or smoked and composed? I've definitely smoked or weed and laudanum. composed. I'm, I'm <laughs> Shot not, up. I don't composed. think I've had laudanum. No. Yeah. What is laudanum? It's, is it opium? It's an, an opiate of some oh, sort, okay. yeah. I've definitely composed while stoned and it's never as good as you think. No, because a lot of this is like puzzle pieces, isn't it? It's the yeah. same for writing. You've really got to have your wits about you. It's quite technical, all of this. Yeah, so how the hell do people do it under the influence? I don't know how you could keep it together enough to make it make sense. I know the point is for it to not make sense. It's that I think it's supposed to be that if you compose or write under the influence of some substance, you're going to unlock potential worlds that you couldn't access when you were confined by your sober brain. But in reality, you end up just like listlessly plucking guitar strings and going, oh, wow, that string is really vibrating. So what are you listening to at the moment then, Lawrence? I'm not used to being kind of in agreement with the rest of the world about current music. 
I normally kind of go, all right, it's, it's, it's cool, but I don't know if it necessarily speaks to me. But I really like Billie Eilish, who must be the probably like one of, if not the biggest pop star in the world right now. And the, the, the stripped down electronica stuff that she does with her brother Phineas, it, it's really cool. And I think it lends itself quite well to scoring. So you, you were listening to some of this album the Mockery Manor season two album. Mm, and I was like, it's John Carpenter meets Billie Eilish. <laughs> Which, I mean, I'll take that. So where can they find this on the album? So there's towards the end where we're, we're building to the, the climax of season two. Uh, there's a couple of tracks called Cryptic Clue and Don't Leave Her to Burn which those were the ones that when we were listening to you you said oh the, I can really hear Billie Eilish in this. watched Luke Skywalker interview Ray Davies of the Kinks, didn't we? And uh, he said, so Ray said, he had music in his head all the time. Uh, Me too. Today it's Barbie Girl by Aqua, but only the phrase life in plastic is fantastic on a loop. So that, that's the sort of thing that goes around your head, is yeah, it's it? it's driving me insane. So uh, what about you, Lawrence? What's in your head right now? I know exactly what's in my head right now. It's the song Help Yourself by Tom Jones. Right. Yeah, help me out help to, to my, my lips, to, to my arms. Yeah, that's a, that is the stickiest song ever. I don't know if he realizes how sticky that song is, but it, it's 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 been in my head for weeks now. <laughs> I think it's because we were looking at old adverts, and in the nineties in the UK there was an advert for uh, John Smith's Bitter with a bunch of penguins hanging out with Jack D, the comedian. Uh, and they were very memorable adverts. And in the in that advert, all of the penguins were singing, "Just, Just help, help yourself, yourself to John Smith." John Smith, da, da, da. Yeah. you know. I don't uh, do adverts like that. Anymore, they really do they? don't. There's a, the caliber of adverts has come down considerably. Is since it because the they're not licensing the music anymore because it's too expensive? It could be that. I think it's just that there's uh, no one wants to do silliness in adverts anymore. It's always just, you know, making brands seem warm and cuddly and cosy. Poetry, poetry and poetry. adverts. Here's to the somethings. Here's to the... that. That's the, that that's, barely rhymes. Or it rhymes in such a clunking way. Yeah, why are we all trying to be so deeply sincere? Let's go back to having a laugh. Let's go back to putting penguins and Tom Jones in adverts. Yeah, man. Talking of Tom Jones. Uh, yeah, so we do have uh, in this season the song Till the End of Your Days, which is not exactly Tom Jones, but the same kind of era, the sort of housewife's favourite crooner song. Is it more Engelbert Humperdinck? It's poss- possibly that, or maybe even sort of reaching back into like Nat King Cole territory. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. The, the golden-throated 1950s singer is what we're aping here. Yeah, because actually Engelbert and Tom were all about straining trousers and yeah, throwing they, your head back. And they're everything. more 60s, going for it. Absolute foghorns of men they are. Yeah. If you should cry I will comfort you If you should call I will come for you And I will love you Till the end of your days So that was great! (laughs) 
Uh, we're laughing because obviously that's the most GMTV thing you've ever said. That was extremely <laughs> Phil and Kirsty. Wow. wow, what an interesting bit. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah. Also, of course, we can't hear it right now because it's going to be put in, in post production. Yeah, it? so me going, wow, that sounded fantastic, Lawrence. <laughs> so <laughs> disingenuous. Uh, I'm trying to be a presenter. Yeah, Lawrence. you're doing a good job. Thanks. So, what music from Mockery Two are you most proud of, and why? Frostworld. That's easy. Enter Grossman is the is my favourite thing in this season. It's uh it's it's Gretchen's band. It's from the Battle of the Band sequence in episode seven, and it's a sort of every Scandinavian Euro goth metal '90s song ever rolled into one glorious fun thing. It was so much fun to make. I love metal. I used to go to loads of metal clubs growing up, uh, and I've never really gotten the chance to do a proper metal song before. So this was really fun, and we got Abby Eastwood to sing it as well. So it felt like it was really bedded in the world because we had one of our characters actually singing a song, which we've never done before. Let's hear it. Compositional challenges. <laughs> I don't even know what that Do you means. still feel like job interview questions? Yeah, this is another I got off the <laughs> Compositional challenges. I don't find um, writing music for Mockery Manor particularly difficult at all because your scripts are the clearest brief I could possibly ask for. And because we've worked together a lot, we know how we each think and we're very used to the Mockery world now. It feels very real. But I suppose, having said that, there are still several stages in the process going from conception to what you actually end up hearing. So step one would be the track itself. So going, okay, we're doing something that sounds like an advert from the 80s. So that's going to have a few synths, it's going to have a cheap drum machine, and it's going to be recorded on a videotape, so it's going to be a bit wobbly. It's going to have a certain type of voice. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. All, all of these things come together, don't they? Yes, and it's going to be in, in mono because it's uh, you know a crappy recording that was recorded off a telly. Mm. And then it's what are the, what's the context? If it's something like that, which is actually playing in the world, how are the characters consuming it? Yeah, so uh, if it's coming out of a, a boombox, mm. what kind of uh, speaker is, is, is yeah. being used? Yeah, is it a really high quality sound system? Mm. Like the uh, beach party scene in season two when the JJ and Betty are on the beach in, in Thailand. The DJ is playing through massive speakers, so that needs to sound like it's echoing all the way down the, the seafront. Whereas if it's just something playing in the corner of the room, it's going to be much smaller. You're a multi-instrumentalist. How many instruments do you play? And how many can you play at once? <laughs> uh, I've never been any good at the old Bob Dylan multitasking of playing a harmonica at the same time as a guitar. But I can play a harmonica and I can play a guitar. The answer to your question is difficult. I don't really know how many instruments I play. Because there's a lot of instruments where I can squeeze a tune out of them but I wouldn't say that I played them. I wouldn't say that I properly could play them. I'll often pick up a specific instrument that I need 
for a specific bit of music, I'll think, oh, I need an accordion for this bit, so I'll get an accordion. And I'm quite quick at learning an instrument a bit, but that instrument might only get picked up every now and again. So I suppose the answer is I play a lot of instruments very badly, or I kind of half play a lot of instruments. My actual instruments are guitar and bass. That's what I would play professionally if I was in a band. In the studio, looking around me right now, I can see a mandolin, a lap steel guitar, a banjo, um, obviously keyboard instruments, synthesizers. There's a balalaika on the wall. I've got a bass recorder that I used for uh, the Ballad of Anne and Mary. I've there's got a drum here. There's a stack of drums in the corner. I've got a theremin. The theremin is really good fun. That would that was in season one. The theremin. There's a sitar here as well. Yeah, yeah, that was used in this season. Mm -hmm. There's an accordion in the house that uh, was also used in this season for the polka music that uh, you hear when you come into Dinkelschloss. There's that thing that looks like a yellow chihuahua. Uh, oh, that, yeah, I don't know what that's called. Let's play it. Yeah, I don't know what this thing is called, but it sounds like this. <laughs> so that does that. Does that count? That sure. Counts. Yeah, yeah. If Even the typewriter. I have a vintage typewriter that I use as a percussion instrument a lot, more than you would think. And another thing that I use a lot uh, in scoring is a pencil. Two pencils clicked together makes a really nice little which can add a lot of dynamism to like a chase sequence or something. So anything can be an instrument if you try hard enough. And that's not even getting to uh, the synths and the samples. So obviously the main sound of Mockery Manor is analog synthesizers. So on my desk, I've got a Prophet Rev 2, which is a kind of modern version of a 1980s analog synth. What will Mockery 3 and Mockery 4 bring? Okay, so we might be delving into uh, artists like Tennessee Ernie Ford, Dolly Parton, perhaps um, a bit of uh, Kenny Rogers. Oh, good old Kenny. What about the goth side of it? Wasn't um, there a goth country element as well? Yeah, the the sort of the, the Nick Cave, even Ennio Morricone. So this is possibly giving you <laughs> a fairly, <laughs> yeah, clear, obvious, isn't it? fairly clear indication of where we're heading for season three. I wonder what music plays at Dollywood. Is it all Dolly Parton? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't think so. I think uh, she does, as a, any good theme park entrepreneur and designer would do, she does stuff that is appropriate for the lands and for the rides. So she'll she'll draw upon other things. Although I imagine there's a fair amount of Dolly Parton that plays at Dollywood. If you go to Dollywood, you kind of want to see a lot of Dolly, don't you? Well, I, I mean, think I'd so. want to see a lot of pink and rhinestones and just wall-to-wall -wall dolly personally. I think there's plenty of that represented but I think she also pays tribute to the Smoky Mountains and the, the history of the area as well so what about Mockery 4 that's right we're looking Mockery ahead to Mockery season four. 4 I mean we've got we've got a very vague idea haven't we for Mockery 4 so uh, I think for that there might be a lot of um, John Williams maybe some Danny Elfman but also some much older composers Corn Gold going all the way back to the film scores of the 50s, 40s, 30s even. Mm. What was the most frustrating song of this season? Where you were like, damn it, it's not working! Um, composing is kind of my happy place. There's not there wasn't really anything that was frustrating. I, I actually loved every minute of it. Ah, um, which is, uh, that sounds like a, a sort of, you know, a PR'd answer. 
but it isn't. I mean, that's kind of why we do it, isn't it? It's yeah. brilliant fun for both of us. I mean, you quite often, w- when we're deciding what our next project is going to be, you'll quite often say to me, well, what kind of music do you fancy writing? Yeah. That is a, a big factor in our decisions. <laughs> and actually, it's really good for both of us to have a bit of a brief, isn't it? So, so it's, it's so like it... a kind of a, a, a cyclical brief. So you, you ask me, what kind of music do you fancy writing? That informs what you'll write. And then obviously what you write then comes back and informs what music I end up making. The songs are going to be particularly important for Mockery 3, actually, aren't they? Like, more so, I think, than even in 1 and 2. Yeah, this is the first time where the songs will be plot. So write in if you know what that means. (laughs) That's fair to say, isn't it? The songs are going to actively play a role in the story Yeah. for the first time. It's not a musical. No. But uh, the songs are important. Will we ever do a musical again? (laughs) So we did a musical with the Ballad of Anne and Mary. That's one of our other podcast dramas. Yes, we're super proud of Van and Mary. Yeah, massively. Um, It's quite a thing to write a musical. It's an extraordinary amount of work. It's so much harder than doing something like Mockery Manor. I don't know. We might have to build up to doing something like that again, I think. I think basically, once we have the idea, then we'll be like, we're going to do it. We have to do it. It will be when the idea comes. And of course, we also have another podcast, which is uh, Madame Magenta Sonos Mystica. Yes. You do the music for that as well? <laughs> Such as it is. <laughs> yeah, so uh, what can you tell us about the music for that? Well, the me- the theme tune to Madame Magenta um, was written originally uh, as part of an album of fictitious documentary scores that I did. So I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, in my mind, in the same way that we invent fictitious rides and fictitious bands for Mockery Manor, I thought, I'm going to make a whole album of what sounds like TV music I'm going to do one that sounds like a kind of David Attenborough nature documentary, one that sounds like a true crime thing, uh, one that sounds like uh, a sort of social experiment. You know, one of these, we took a, a normal British family and made them live like Victorians for a month for no reason. And that one, which on the album is called The Social Experiment, <laughs> which goes boom, boom, boop, 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 boop. It's, it's kind of, of like curious, kind of cum, curious cur- people doing curious things. Yes, it's a chin-stroking sort of track. It's uh, cheeky though. It's got little cheeky bits. Yeah, and at the end, it sounds a little bit like Poirot or something, which was not intentional, but it just sort of went that way. Uh, so it could be a kind of mm, weird tales from something or other. Mm. The fun end of the sort of unexplained mysteries kind of genre of television, factual TV. And that ended up becoming the Magenta theme tune because it fit really perfectly with Magenta's vibe. And the other thing on our slate is actually a ghost story. Yes. Now, we haven't officially announced that yet, have we? No, but we can. But we can. Here we go. It's announced. (laughs) (laughs) So So the working title is Ghosted. There's a lot of things called Ghosted now, though. I've noticed. Mm. So that might change, but whatever, it's a ghost story and... uh, I think the sound is going to be so important. I mean, it's important for all of our things, isn't it? But yes. this, this is going to, it's going to influence how the audience, uh, how scared they're going to be. Yeah, it's uh, we're going for full-on horror in a way that we have not done particularly. Quite a different tone, I think, to some of the other things that we've made. Mm. Uh, it's reliant on two actors, or you know, who are really carrying the thing, and we're really, really pleased with the two actors that we've cast I think they're going to do an amazing job and we're very excited to share that with you so you can expect Mockery 3 and uh, later this year and Ghosted later this year as well actually so we're putting a lot on our slate 
Although Lawrence is now wincing. <laughs> I don't think we're... I, I think, always underestimate our time. I think Ghosted is an early 2023. Oh, man. I, I also said the Ballad of Anne and Mary would, would get it done in, in three months. Didn't you, <laughs> didn't you have kind of like, we're, we're going to finish all of the music. We're going to have all of the music recorded by the end of the month, I once heard you say to someone on the phone, and I hadn't even written it yet. <laughs> yeah, that's And this insane. was in the middle of a pandemic as well, yeah. where no one could come into any studio. Time is a very flexible thing in my mind. Mm. So, yeah. mm. It tends Especially to be flexible in one direction. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, I'm saying they're both going to come out by the end of the year. It might change. It might change, but you never know. It will change. (laughs) Mockery, yes, mockery. So with season three of Mockery as well, we're, we're hoping to put them out. We're planning to put them out every week, an episode every week. For seasons one and two, we had to wait three weeks or even a month because we were making each one as we go along. There was a long gap in between each episode. We're hoping to do away with that for season three. So it should be a more pleasant listening experience for you. So, Lawrence, have you enjoyed your time on Kiss My Zeitgeist? I have. I'd love to come back again and talk more Zeitgeist with you. Well, that all depends on whether you fit Mockery 3 and ghosted into the timeline that I Your want you to. <laughs> incredible slave driving timeline. Can you play us out, Lawrence? And what are you going to play us out with today? <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm just launching this on you, so. Yeah, all right. I'll 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 play you out with uh, the Trousers Meowsers Mega Coaster, which is uh, an interesting um, new treatment of the sort of boo-boos and crackles theme from season one. Nice. Although, could you start it by playing it on one of the, your instruments and then it turns into the thing that you've recorded? Because uh, I think that'd be really interesting for our listeners. I'll see if I can do that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And once again, the Mockery Manor Season 2 and Season 1 soundtracks are available from our Bandcamp page. That's longcatmedia.bandcamp.com. Buying the albums is a great way to support the show. Bandcamp only takes a tiny cut and all the rest goes to us and helps us make more podcasts. Plus, every time someone buys the album, I get a little ping on my phone and it makes me happy every single time. So if you buy the album, know that you'll be both supporting the show and also putting a smile on my face for the rest of the day. Thanks for listening. Bye. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. You found the heart! She found a key to the heart. On the quest of a lifetime, three best friends take on a harrowing journey. Your mind and body will be tested in these upcoming weeks, as well as your heart. Where more is at stake than a gift from the gods, being with Albina and I is going to be... weird? Not bad weird, just, uh, different. Everything's different on the water. When new friends meet, you have an office? Where do you think I do all the pirate business? Pirates have business? It's a parchment nightmare. And family secrets are revealed. We could be twins. Yes, I've noticed. This young crew of adventurers will learn what it takes to complete the deadly journey to the heart. It's not like an island could set a trap for us. What? Lightning fog? Are you kidding me? But is getting what they want worth losing what they have. I was happy with you and Charlie. Was? Look at us! How could I be? Journey to the Heart. Now available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Tune in each week and vote for where you think the story should go next. What will-